Welcome to the future of email. I'm Dr. Matthew Dunn, founder and CEO of Campaign Genius. We help email platforms grow by giving their customers the power of real-time visual media in their email marketing. We believe that email is the critical civil media channel today for business and commerce. This podcast features the leading innovators in email marketing. Stick around to the end. I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on the Cutting Edge podcast on the future of email. Let's go. Good afternoon. This is Dr. Matthew Dunn, host of the Future of Email Marketing. My guest today, Ronald Kimmins, co-founder of Wingfire Media. I love that name. Ronald, Thanks. welcome. Tell us a bit about your company. Thanks. So, yeah, we we got started back in uh, 2016. It's me and my wife. We are we are partners. And we started as kind of a generalist digital marketing firm. We got into ads. Mm-hmm. We did. Uh, we actually helped local businesses for a while. And we quickly realized that what we were really good at was mm-hmm. helping people with info products. So usually coaches, course creators, um, or also people with some some people with software tools, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. People with info products. That's that's where we sh- really shine. And also, you know, helping them to do launch campaigns for those info products. And, and yeah, so like right now, all of our clients are people who have an, an info product of some kind, usually a course or, or a, uh, a like video series courses, um, coaching programs, things like that. So what, uh, what makes a good candidate, candidate for you guys fundamentally for, for Wingfire, but uh, for like for, for a launch approach? So... <laughs> When when I talk about launch and, and you you see and of course when we say launch we're referring to um, um, Jeff Walker style launch like Jeff Walker wrote a book called yep. Launch that's kind yep. of really he's really been influential in in the industry um, and I, I tend to use uh, language a little different from from what he does but it's the same basic principles you know I, I talk about you know alpha launch and beta launch and, and then a main launch and people who come to us um, they typically are people who have done an alpha or beta launch and have sold their offer a little bit to their email list or to their social media mm-hmm. um, following. Mm-hmm. And so it's been tested somewhere on the market. It's, it, it, it has, it's something that has sold and, and they've gotten some feedback to help them to refine it. Mm-hmm. And now they want to take it big time. Uh, okay. Okay. And, and we help them to do that. And we, so we help them, we pick it up from there and we help them in the main launch. And we can walk people through the earlier phases of, uh, you know, alpha launch, beta launch, but uh, the main launch is really where we shine. And that's, that's where we provide the most value. I ran across, I ran across a, a one of many, I'm sure, videos by, uh, by Jeff Walker, who you mentioned, uh, must have been three or four years ago. And I'm looking at the footage, I think it was at his house. He was talking about his house. And look, I'm like, that's the peak right above my mom's house in Durango. <laughs> and sure enough, Durango, Colorado. Yeah, I remember him talking about in the book, talking about being in Colorado. Yeah, it's my hometown, yeah. right? That's where yeah. that's my hometown. So it's like, okay, good taste. Yeah, good one taste of the one of the Durango. one of the examples that he uses in his book is like he wanted to buy a house there. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, and he needed like he needed six digits to, yeah. to, to do it. He didn't have it. And he's like, yeah. Well, I have a list. And so he yeah. did a launch to his email list, got <laughs> the money and bought the house. To get his yeah, house. Like that's, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, that's that's the power of launches. That's that's why they're awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, launch is a uh, launch, and you mentioned alpha beta main launch, but I mean walk people through some of the some of the basic concepts that distinguish a launch from let's say a, you know, uh 
content marketing and campaigns that run forever and ever. Like there's a time bound element to it, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there, there are three three main um, three main characteristics of of a of a launch campaign. First, you have you have an, a new offer, and it could be something that you've offered in the past, mm-hmm. um, but it's just like an updated version mm-hmm. with maybe new features or something. But there has to be something new about it okay. that you're launching. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's the first thing. Second, it needs it's or this is true for main launch, um, not for alpha or beta launch, but for main launch, it needs to mix both you know organic marketing and your paid traffic. So you, you have both on both your your social media following and your email campaigns and you know ads, okay. and you're doing these things together and it's part of a concerted effort. So that's that's the second thing. And the third thing is that it is you know it, it's it comes in a limited time period. Like usually when the way we do our launches, you know everything builds up to this presentation that is either a challenge, you know multi day challenge or or a webinar, mm-hmm. and at the end of that the client will pitch they'll pitch right. their their offer their course whatever it is okay and then people have a certain amount of time to take yep. that offer usually it's between 3 and 10 days yep okay. and when that time has passed it's, it's the offer's gone like there may be something similar in the future but it may yep. cost more it may have fewer features yeah or or something like that it's yep. it's that that we and we tell our clients you know, stick to that you know don't create you know false scarcity you know this 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 is a limited time offer mm-hmm. and when this time is over you know it's done you're not offering it anymore okay um okay but yeah those are the main three three characteristics of a launch and and what uh how do i how do i phrase this well uh one of the things about Im- information products is the the creative work for that is up front it's front loaded right it's not a it's not necessarily something you're doing because the client said, "Hey, I've got a question. Or I've got a media problem." Yeah. Like, I mean, I've I've created courses, for example. It's a lot of work. Yeah. And then you end up with a you know bunch of words, bunch of writing, bunch of video footage, yeah. bunch of graphics, whatever, um, in the can. And then nature of the internet, nature of digital distribution, copies of that don't have a huge cost basis. It's like it's like software, right? All your money's in the development stages stuff, and yet. Time-bound methodology and scarcity, which you mentioned, sort of say, you know, this thing that could be copied from the server, hypothetically for free forever, has a time-bound nature. That yeah. must be because that's what gets audiences to move. Yeah, and see, and one of the one one of the things, and, and people people get wise to to marketing tricks yeah. over time, you know, yeah. and and people and and people can see right through this the very false. Um, false scarcity narrative where they said, you know, act now or it's over. And, and, and they yeah. can see like, you know, it's, I mean, there's, there's no reason for that time, that boundary of time to be there, but that's why we, we typically advise our clients to create a reason for it. Yeah. Okay. Um, like if, like, if this is, if this is a, a course, for example, you know, you can, there's no marginal cost there. You can sell that to as many people as you want, but as a bonus, maybe add, a one-on-one consultation, right? And that's something that you're not going to be able to to offer right. to everyone until the end scarcity. of time. Yeah, you know, and that is your scarcity. So look, I'm not I'm not willing to keep doing this forever. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna offer this okay. to everyone who buys within this period. Yeah. And after that, I'm not doing it anymore. You can still buy the course, but I'm not doing the one-on-one consultation anymore. Yeah. That that sort of thing. Yeah. And so you create a real reason for it, and you make it feasible, and you make it make it rational, and people yeah. 
yeah. will identify with and say, oh yeah, I would totally, I would totally be like that too. I wouldn't want to keep doing that forever. But but to offer it as a special thing for people who took the offer in the launch period, right. then right. then you know that's that's a good idea. Right. And I would assume that the you know emotional load of of the 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 factors that are creating scarcity uh pay play in a, a bunch. I mean decisions tend to be what's the phrase emotionally driven, rationally justified. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, and well, you know, and and I mean, buying is always an emotional decision. People, right. people will just I, I've seen people describe themselves as um as oh what's what's the word? As um the word just left my mind. Um as I can't speak English anymore. It'll come back to you. <laughs> the, yeah. The people describe themselves as as people who who are who do not respond to kind of you know low level emotional um innuendo and things like that. But but the thing is that that everyone you're talking about you know, CEOs of Fortune five hundred dollar Fortune five hundred companies, for everyone, buying is an emotional decision. It can be backed with rational reasons. Sure. But it's always going to be an emotional decision. There's always going to be emotion there because you're, you're you're trying you buy because you want someone to solve a problem. Yep. And that problem has an emotional influence on you. Right. You know. Right. And also to buy is to in the end, regardless of of rational reasons, to buy is to trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're yeah. always going to be extending trust to this person you're giving money to. Yeah. And the decision to extend trust, while it may be rationally valid yeah it's always going to be an emotional decision yeah so so yeah i mean it in marketing there should be a rational basis for everything but there should also be you you have to realize that it's always going to be emotional and there's nothing wrong with that um because honestly without emotion none of us do anything in life right like that's we uh, in the end emotional motivation is 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 what gets us to do all the things that we do yeah and yeah. and then that's okay. It's just that we shouldn't be completely, uh, completely dominated by our emotions. That's all. Right. And and I suspect. I mean, I'm curious to your opinion of this. Are 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 people ever more guarded about their emotional capital and and a little ever more cautious about the the levers that move them? Because we're we're certainly bombarded a lot. Yeah, and we're we're bombarded a lot, and in people, and there's I mean, there's a lot. Of, <laughs> There's a lot of people, you know, on the internet who, who promised the world yeah. and deliver nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, and, and I, and I, I like to see that actually. I like to see that people are a little guarded yeah. because it shows me that, that, that they're more rational, that it's, they're a little more rational mm-hmm. um, because I want rational clients. Right. I had, I was in talks with, with someone just, just recently who was looking to do a launch campaign. Mm-hmm. And, and they were, they saw our, some of our case studies and results and things and they, and they liked that, but they were, they're a little, a little hesitant. You know, they were talking to some other, some other people and they said, well, you know, like someone else and tell them, well, we, we could do a launch in, in a month. And they came to us, they say, Hey, they, they said they can do the whole thing in a month. And we told them, look, we've actually done a launch in a month before. And that's the only launch that we've ever done that didn't go well. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, so I said, look, I mean, Maybe they can, but I'm not going to tell you that we can because because from where we stand, that's not a good idea to try to get the whole thing done in a month. Right, right, right. And and 
Yeah. So they, and they took that and they digested it. And about a week later, they came back to me and said, Hey, I want to work with you because they, you know, they were, this, this was a rational person who realizes that there's a lot of people out there who are just willing to say whatever to get a sale. And, uh, and so I like to see people who can see through, you know, the, the very, the very um, thin veil of, of cheap marketing. Yeah. 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 Of of which there's, (laughs) of which there's a lot, right? Yeah. You need, you need blast filters. I I used to be, uh, I I spent some time doing uh, custom explainer videos or or early on for very many companies were doing that. And we had a very sound methodology for that. And I got picky about clients and I got picky about what was realistically possible. Very much what you're saying. And we were like, we need this in three weeks. I'm like, no, it's like, sorry, (laughs) call somebody else, but you want it done well, it's going to take time. Because you actually don't know what you want to get across to people. The hardest part is going to be you you getting your own clarity, which I'll help you with. But if you want it in three weeks, yeah, go find somebody else, right? I just I don't I I'm not, I'm can't can't do a good job. I'm not going to do the job, kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. Now coaches coaches are an interesting. Uh, seems like a seems like a boom niche. Am I wrong about that? Yeah. Well, uh, it's it's an interesting thing because there's a lot of people trying to get into it. Yep. Because the barrier to entry is low. Yeah, and enough. but uh, but you know there's also but there's a demand. Yeah, there's a demand. It's 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 a it's a significant demand, and you know, the business is there. Hmm. Interesting. So yeah, is it a boom industry? Yes. Um, Interesting. I, I I also see a lot of people struggling, either because they they can't invest in marketing, or because they don't have certification or something like that. But but yeah, I would say I would definitely say it's a boom industry. Hmm. And yet I see a lot of people struggling in it, even yeah. though it's a boom industry, because yeah. because there's a lot of differentiation between people who know what they're doing or, or and can invest and people who don't know what they're doing and don't invest. Right, right, right. And who know, right, the, the know what they're doing part. I, I, I'm, I'm, a little, uh, I'm a little sanguine about coaches who don't have a track record. You know, it's like if you never played football and you're going to be a football coach, you're going to have to explain that one to me because I find it really hard to swallow. You know, I'm going to yeah. coach entrepreneurs and I've never built a company. Yeah. Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> I just yeah. don't think so. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, you can say like, you know, for example, I mean, if you have a coach, an Olympic athlete with a coach and that coach did not right. win Olympic right. gold himself, right. but he probably was an athlete at some point, you know, and he probably is a better coach. Yeah. than that athlete of his that he coached yeah. who who went and, and won the gold you know yeah in the end it's different to coach and to do it are different but yeah there should be some yeah. basis there in, in 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 that specialization i mean if they're coming out from if it's all theoretical yeah yeah then then yeah, then, yeah like that's this is not something you should work someone you should work with no 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 not at all it's just i it, i've really i've really noticed the rise of uh of coaches and the sort of coaching as a space in the last Less than a decade seems like just like up up it goes like this and and you're right and I'm gonna imagine the pandemic kind of accelerated yeah. that yeah yeah and, it, and, and it's attractive to be able to to work you know from home having clients through you know through yeah. through Zoom chats and things yeah. like that yeah. I, it's there's a lot about the industry that is attractive to people and 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 you can really help people coaches yeah. like yeah. life coaches business coaches you know they, they the ones who are good really do help people a lot yeah, yeah. yeah. a lot. Um, there's a lot of value that, that can be delivered there. And that feeling of, oh, I want to help people for a living. That's, yeah. that's, that's a very big motivator. Yeah. But, um, but, but yeah, it's the, it's, it's a, it is a completely unregulated 
industry. True. And we are seeing which the kind of <laughs> little problems that, that you're that you're talking about, like that that's what happens whenever you have an unregulated industry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm, I've, I've, I've always said unregulated industries myself because <laughs> that's kind of where the edge tends to be. But it, you know, like the front, the the frontier. You know, guys in the frontier were a, were a mix of uh, you know cowboys and charlatans and snake oil salesmen. The same thing happens every time there's a new frontier. It's it's like just the nature. Yeah, of that's, a, that's really a good comparison. Yeah. Human 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 nature. Yeah. I, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Now let's let's go in a different direction. How many languages do you actually speak? Oh well, there di- there's different levels of proficiency. I get you know, that. I, I'm 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 fluent in Mandarin. Fluent in Mandarin. Can, yeah, and Spanish be, as well. Yeah, it used to be that I could sit in meetings yeah. and like and make notes in Chinese. Wow, Chinese characters. You know, I can't do that so much now. Yeah, um, it's been I'm a little out of practice, but I I, I did do that at one point. Spanish is pretty good. You know, yeah. I I lived in Chile for a year and like I picked up I picked that up pretty well. Yeah. Um, um, Portuguese too. Like I, I read books in Portuguese. Wow. Um, my, my wife is Brazilian. She, she's a little impatient about talking to me in Portuguese. She just like, she's like, oh, just, just talk to me in English. Um, um, cause her English of course is, is, is stellar. You know, whereas my Portuguese is still, yeah, it's still improving. And, uh, my, my recent, um, over the past couple of years, what I've really been working on is, is Indonesian. I've been, I've been learning Indonesian. I noticed that on your LinkedIn profile. And, it's, uh, uh, it's a big I like country. it a lot. Yeah, it's a, it's it's as as Asian languages go, it's relatively easy. Yeah, you know, like compared to Mandarin. Yeah, it's like like it's not tonal. You can use it's just Latin letters. You know, it's it's very it's totally phonetic. So like okay. it's it's relatively easy. Wow. Uh, in that regard, I still haven't been to Indonesia. I want to go. Wow. Um, okay. Interesting. But uh, yeah, it's all self taught. But yeah, and I read books and and yeah. take you know language lessons and stuff. And I for a while there, I've been. Um, having weekly conversations with someone in Indonesia yeah. to practice. Yeah. But, uh, cause that's really the only way to learn. You have to, you have to converse with people. You have to converse with people. What do you think of, uh, of tools like Duolingo for acquiring or polishing language? Duolingo. I, I I've used Duolingo. Mm-hmm. I like it. I wouldn't say that it's my favorite tool like that. Um, it's mm-hmm. definitely useful. Mm-hmm. I think it helps you to make a nice little, uh, foundation. Yeah. But if you really want to learn, you got to find someone to speak to you. Yeah, yeah. That's you have to regularly have conversations. And, yeah, yeah. And, and I think user. that com- that combined with like you know two or three times a week going you know, ha- going and talking to someone mm-hmm. for like half an hour, mm-hmm. um, you can definitely learn a language that way. Um, it's just that you can't. I don't think you can re- rely on Duolingo by itself, but yeah. uh, or, or anything similar. But uh, but it definitely helps. It definitely helps to get that foundation in place. Interesting. Interesting. We I've moved my. Uh, family to the south of france for six months is a mm. decade ago but un- unfortunately my wife's pretty darn fluent and we all leaned on her so much that the, the other three of us didn't do so well in terms of acquiring any french like hmm we'd probably done better if we weren't going uh hey <laughs> what did he say yeah <laughs> it yeah it, it helps it helps to be you know to yeah. basically to jump in the water and have yeah. to swim for yourself yeah and and, That's, and, and to have you know, like to have to get it done yeah Right. Yeah. yeah. Half figure out how to get it across and refine and use the feedback loops and all that other stuff. No, I just, I was really struck by that. So, uh, you know, so many of us in, uh, in the U S don't acquire additional languages and points to points to you for doing it. And Chinese, not an easy lift to learn from. Yeah. You know, after, after learning Chinese, I was like, 
anything else is going to be easy. Yeah. So, and, and so that's Mandarin is tonal, correct? Yeah. 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 It's tonal. Wow. Yeah. And, and so like, and I've, I've actually, I've also, I've also studied Arabic a bit. I actually mm. studied Arabic for two semesters before I went to Taiwan and, and I haven't really gotten back to it, yeah. but I think I can safely say, I think that of all the languages that I've studied, Arabic is the hardest. It's harder than Mandarin. Even though no, it's I not read tonal. somewhere the Japanese is extremely difficult. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I know Japanese is hard. Um, is it? Yeah. It's really hard. I, I haven't I haven't really studied Japanese either. But uh, yeah, the thing like with Mandarin, what I tell people is like Mandarin is like comparing Mandarin and Arabic. Mandarin is like like you get to a wall, and that is tones and characters. Mm-hmm. But once you kind of you can get over that, mm-hmm. it's not so hard after that. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Arabic, it's like this slope that continues forever, where it just keeps being difficult. The whole time, you know, Interesting. Interesting. Um, because like Arabic, Arabic grammar is just wild. Yeah. Structurally, um, you mean? Yeah. It's structured. Yeah. It's, the structure of the language is, is, is well, but like, like in Chinese, Chinese is relatively, the structure is different from right. English. So you have to learn that, but it's relatively but it's not, consistent. It's, but it's not really, it's not really complex. Okay. Whereas, okay. whereas Arabic is, is, is very complex. Like there's no, like there, for example, there, there's no verb conjugation in Mandarin. Okay. Whereas in Arabic, you have con- you have to conjugate for, you know, for male or female, you have to con- conjugate for singular, dual, and plural, for every verb, you know. Wow. <laughs> and, and then of course all the dif- dif- different time wow. um, conjugations. Yeah, it's it's wild. It's pretty wild. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, do you find uh, do you find that skill with languages to be something that's a, an asset for business or is that, you know, just life and interests at the moment? Before 2016, mm-hmm. you know, I worked, I, I worked for a translation company. That's, that's, yeah. that's what I did. And, and before that I was a translator. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, I've used it professionally, but yeah. since starting this company, it has not been useful at all. It's not. Okay. No, but, but like, but I have ideas for, for making it useful. Like I, I, you know, my, my next step maybe Yeah. Um, I want, like, I, I I'm, things that I'm thinking about are like, like uh, marketing, marketing software tools into other countries and things like that. And, oh, interesting. and, yeah. oh, and frankly, so, you know, some of our clients have been, have been uh, people who needed, um, who needed uh, uh, marketing done in, in like Latin America. Mm-hmm. And so like we've run campaigns you know, in Spanish. Uh, we got, we actually run campaigns in Dutch too. Wow. Um, but but I was not directly doing those myself, so it didn't really help. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but our team, you know, our team is multilingual, which which helps and and uh, and yeah, that's it's been it's it's uh, I, I I would like I would like to uh, get more involved in especially in Asia and get doing more marketing in Asia in the future. We'll see we'll see what develops. Large uh, large percentage of the human race there, so yeah. that's that's a very good yeah. idea. This is this is a this is a bit of an intersection and maybe an esoteric question, but speaking multiple languages, having lived in other uh, other countries as you have, do you do you think the some of the motivation structure principles that underlie a launch would would require substantial modification to launch in a diff- different country? No, like there there are many aspects of marketing that that change with localization, you mm-hmm. know, but that's more a matter of m- the specific messaging you use. Okay. And not the launch structure. Okay. okay. Not the launch structure. Like all of the basics of the launch structure, 
I imagine would just be the same, yeah. but, but there would definitely be, you, we would definitely need to look closely at the messaging and yeah. what, what things we focus on in, in the messaging for that culture, because, okay. yeah. because that is, that's where the difference is going. Sort of a, t- sort of a, sort of a tone, not, not, not in the acoustic sense, but just sort of a, a tone and, and nuance. Uh, yeah. Not necessarily the, the the skeleton of the thing. Wow, fascinating, fascinating. I mean, opportunities there. I I, I created a, I created a course a good number of years back, and uh, it doesn't get a whole lot of time and attention, but it got some got some numbers. I think that one's on Udemy, and I get inbound requests fairly regularly from other online course providers. They're like, they, they clearly go down through the rankings on some of the big ones and then go approach the course owners and say, hey, would you like to list it here as well? And increasingly, those are coming from outside the US, those requests, because there's a market. Yeah, there's a market. There's a market. I, yeah, I was uh, I was just talking to, um, I went to a, to an event recently and and talked to a, one of the big names in, in the marketing industry right now. And he, uh, and he said, yeah, that he licenses his uh, his stuff out like to South America to like to in, in South America and in, in other, in other places. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, it's, it's, it's a big thing yeah. and there's a lot of money can be had there. It's also something that um, I think it would be easy to crash and burn if you don't get the messaging. Right. And, and, and it's, it's really fascinating to, to look at the marketing failures that yeah. is, that have happened over the years by major companies. Yeah. Chevy. Trying to go, yeah, it's Chevy Nova, yeah, that's, that's always a funny one. Um, but trying to go into other markets, like like there is there is the one in uh, in China. Sorry, that's my child outside the door. I don't know if you can hear. Her. The, uh, I have five kids, by the way. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> um, my, yeah, like in uh, in China, there is. I think it was I think it was Pepsi. Is either Coke or Pepsi? I'm pretty I sure it was Pepsi. Right. They, yeah. they said that right they the wax that, tadpole. Is it that one? The one I was thinking of was that they said uh, they would. Uh, that it would bring your ancestors back from the dead. And it's just like, what? Yeah. Like, where did the, where, what? <laughs> wow. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, same, same true other direction, right? I, I, I've, I've opened boxes and read the instructions and said, uh, not the first say? language of the writer, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. And made sense to them. It just didn't translate particularly well to the language I happen to speak. So uh, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big fan of uh, I'm a big fan of communicating visually, and and I find that that helps considerably with uh, with cultural obstacles. Although I'm sure there are cultural loadings on uh, visual communication as well. Um, don't let, there's not a lot of scholarship on that. That'd be an interesting avenue to pursue. So. Uh, Email. Where does email and email lists fit in the in in the you know world of things you do for clients? Email is. I mean, it's it's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, you see, and and it's important for me to note like how we have evolved as a business. Mm-hmm. In that, you know, when we when we started, we're just like, okay, we do ads. That's what we do. We help you with ads. But we quickly realized that if someone comes to us and asks us to help them with ads what they're really asking us is to help them with marketing. Mm-hmm. And we've had in instances when clients didn't do so well, in almost every case, the problem was that like, it wasn't that we weren't doing ads well, we were, but we were doing what works and it worked, but then their back end just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes maybe they thought that it was 
Mm-hmm. They thought they had a good back end, but but it just wasn't it just wasn't there. Like I remember at one point we had two clients, um, both named Victoria, um, and they <clears throat> at the same at the same time they're given the same number, the same numbers. Like we, when you look at the front end at their ads, mm-hmm. looking at, at their ads and they're they're getting very similar numbers, but one of them was making about sixty thousand dollars a month, and the other one was barely breaking even. And and the difference was that she had a good back-end sales pro- back-end um, marketing process and a good sales process. Whereas the other one did not, you know, she had emails, but they just weren't really on point and she wasn't so good on sales calls and her, her sales process involved a sales call. And she just, it, it, it was hard for her to do that. Yeah. And, and it, it makes a real difference. It makes a real difference. Um, but, uh, but yeah, in, in, and that's for just ad campaigns because in, in a lot of our clients, we just run ads for them. We don't just do launches indefinitely, you know, yeah, yeah. but, um, but when we do launches, when we do launches, um, the, the launch campaigns involve multiple email campaigns sure. in them. And we have, we have, we have hype campaigns, just getting people, just, just building up hype, getting people engaged. And then we have registration campaign to get people to register for the web- webinar challenge we have uh, a countdown campaign campaign. Once they've registered, then they continue to get emails counting down because we don't want them to register and then forget about it. Yeah. So then it count, counts down, you know, we usually send them emails every day until the day of the event. And then we have the sales, the sales series that starts when the event ends and, you know, it goes for three days or 10 days or however long. And then a lot of time we'll also have a follow-up sequence where I mean, after the, the main phase has ended, um, and that main offer is not available anymore, but there, you, there is still some other offer they can take. Then we'll have a follow-up sequence, right? In which they can, in which they can take that offer. And so it's, yeah, it's 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 central. Email marketing is, is central to, to launches. There is no launch launch campaign, and not not the way we do it, not the way Jeff Walker does it without yeah. email. I yeah. mean, email is absolutely vital. I mean, we're bringing in people with ads, yeah. But but if if you don't engage with them on an email. Yeah. Uh, through email campaigns, like you're going to lose them. They're, the, they're not, they're not going to show up. It's the common carrier, if you will. Right. Yeah. It's the one yeah. reliable point person to person. And, and it's funny to me. I've seen people say, Oh, email marketing is dead. And that's it's just, it's just baloney. It's, it's so it's just, and, and, and I, I literally, I saw a, and people say this with different aspects of digital marketing a lot. They'll, they'll say such and such is dead. Like I, I saw, I saw a, a forum post from 1995 saying, oh, SEO is dead. Okay. <laughs> Whereas all that happened was some, there'd been some slight change in the market and they yeah. said, oh, SEO is dead. No, it's just that digital marketing evolves a lot, Yeah. but the basic principles and the basic t- tools tend to remain the same, Yeah. you know, and email marketing. Yeah. You know, it, it's gone through a lot of evolution, like 15 years ago, email marketing 15 years ago is very different from today. Yeah. yeah quite a bit. Um, you know, like we've had, you know, the can, can spam and, and there's been a lot of development uh, on, on you know, the end of, of uh, email providers, mm-hmm. you know, cutting out, uh, cutting out, you know, spam and, and fluff and stuff. But uh, you know, marketers have to be able to work with that. But the, yeah. Yeah, email marketing is not dead. The, the basics of it, it the, ba- the long and the short of it is that the barrier is higher. Right. You have to, right. you have to be better at it now, right. Right. which is great. Because when you are better at it, that means you have less competition. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And and I think 
um, email seems to be a surprisingly self-policing domain. There's a, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of, uh, there's a lot of effort to keep quality up despite the fact that there's no central command and control. And, um, fortunately I think life gets harder and harder for the really bad actors, the, you know, the spammers, the high volume, you know, turn to burn the people who didn't realize you're not supposed to buy a list yeah. and send, you know, a million people something they didn't want to hear from you and so on. Um, have you heard about the uh, oncoming shifts at, shift that uh, Apple is making uh, with email and how that's likely to handle measurements? Email specifically? Yeah. Um, fill me in. Oh, oh, yeah. You, this, this, will, this will be good intel. And I'll be very curious about your sort of snap reaction um, at their... Uh, Worldwide Developer Conference in June, um, Apple was ticket to the list of things coming down the pike in yeah. iOS. And the one they mentioned about email that <laughs> kind of went boom in the email uh, sort of email marketing space is that Apple will be um, prefetching and anonymizing the IP for all image content in email, including pixels. So you will not have a uh, you will not have reliable did this person open this message right. or not if they're on an iOS device. Now I know that like with ads we've already developed workarounds yeah. for you know for Apple's actions there. Yeah. Um, you know we like we like with our clients we 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 use various tools to yeah. to do uh, server side tracking and things. Yeah. Um, I am not as knowledgeable as knowledgeable about emails. Um, do you see something like that evolving for emails? Um, you know, candid technical reaction is sort of one of the domain experts on this. Mm-hmm. No, for that immediate uh, ping of uh, the HTTP pixel request, I, gone is gone. And we spent pretty much two months straight beating the bejeepers out of the yeah. data to see if there was a hole. You'll see a shift to measuring stuff that was more important in the first place, you know, click-throughs, conversion, buys, purchases, that kind of stuff. Um, but it's a rare email platform that doesn't have open rate somewhere near top of the page. Yeah. And come September, October, that measure is going to start to mean less and less and less. The the real gurus in the space have said, look, it was always an indicator, not a super reliable statistic. But almost everybody treated it like it was. Yeah, you know, it's like kind of the speedometer of campaigns, if you will. Yeah, and it's uh, yeah, it's 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 going to go. And the the kind of insidious thing about it is that since what they're doing is since what Apple's decided to do is just go ahead and load everything, um, everyone's open rate is going to go way up. Yeah, right. Because close to fifty percent of emails opened on an iOS device. Well, I, I I imagine though that that what this is going to cause is, is that is that we're going to just kind of stop looking at at open rates, but we're going to look at at um, metrics that are ultimately more relevant. More, more relevant. You know, we're we're going we're going to be looking at at um, you know conversions. We're going to be looking at and and we can track it. And when like if you want to know, and this is you know this basic you know, marketing, but if you want to know. Did this email campaign create these conversions, or did this email campaign? Well, if we send, if we have two different, yeah. if we have two different targets for them, two different uh, landing pages, then yeah. then we can track that, 
I mean, we'll parameterize so, the URL. Yeah. Or something so, as simple as that. Yeah. So, so we don't know the open rate, but we'll still know, is it working? Yeah. You know, yeah. that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. There's a, there's a uh, uh, well-known, well-respected uh, industry guy named Chad, Chad White. He's at Oracle now, was at Litmus for a long time. And he, had a very thoughtful uh, article about this last week, and he said he f- felt like Apple's decision kind of goes against the implicit social contract. You know, I signed up for your list for your launch, and if I signed up, I'm saying, right. yes, I want to hear from you. Yeah. And Chad's Chad's point was that the sort of conversational nod, the, okay, I haven't acted, but at least I read this, that feedback loop being taken out yeah, does risk does risk a lot of we'll send more blindly right. because we don't have it's like having a conversation on the phone versus you know face to face Zoom. You know, I can see that you're nodding and and agreeing, and did, you didn't speak, and we're losing that nod. Um, and I I don't think I don't think that opinion <laughs> is going to change what Apple does, but yeah. it has made people start to think about this a little bit. And and my reaction to Apple just in general as a, as a marketer is like you know I can rant about them being evil or whatever, um, that's not going to do anything. But what what I can do is evolve. Yeah. And yeah. and yeah, they're 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 doing this. It's just like it's just like when Google updates their algorithm, you know, it doesn't make SEO go away. Yeah. That in the end result has been great for the internet because there's a lot less yeah. trash yeah. 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 on the internet now. There's a lot lot less stuff just out there just to 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 fill it with uh with with keywords, you know, there's, there's people have to create better content now. And and in the end, a lot of what Apple does is going to do the same thing, not necessarily everything, but, but yeah. a, a lot of it, you know, it's, it's going to make thing, life harder for marketers. Yeah. It's, but it's going to create a better internet in many ways, in many ways, not necessarily all the time, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. but, uh, but, uh, and, and it is also going to be giving Apple themselves more power because that's why they do what they do. But, uh, but, we can still evolve. And that's the thing about barriers. When you put barriers um, in in business, in any aspect of business, when you put in barriers, the people who can get over those barriers are the ones who are going to win and and everyone else. And it's going to be even better for them than it would have been if there had been no barriers because it cuts out their competition. Well, it's also the nature of the evolution of a of a frontier to our earlier yeah. analogy is like, you know, eventually you have zoning and roads and right away and barbed wire. And we're just, you know, we're, we're gradually starting to do that in, in the digital wilderness as, as we realize that not everything is equally okay and not everyone's going to act in, you know, in the, in the greatest interest of the greatest good and, and so on. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an, I'm an Apple fan in many ways. I've got way too many Apple screens staring at me as I sit here um, but it's pretty heavy handed at the same time. And, you know, as a, as, as someone who understands the, the technical pieces underneath it, I'm like, uh, really, you had to pick on that. You couldn't think of something better to do. <laughs> Come on. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, well, it will affect in, like in the, in the, like in the launch and, uh, launch and digital marketing domain. I think one of the un- unanticipated side effects of that one's going to be that the conversational nod uh, signal for things like triggered campaigns and marketing automation is like that's gonna it's not gonna work or it's not gonna work the same way and there's gonna be a fair amount of oh 
crap. Like we, we had that wired up so that if someone opened these three, then this happened and we yeah. don't know that. Or now yeah. they're getting a bunch more because they're always open. That's what the signal is going to say is that they always open. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't, uh, we didn't realize that uh, privacy would be the edge and the frontier uh, of, of this bold new world. Right, it's kind of it's kind yeah. of an unexpected. Um, I mean, that looks looks natural now, but twenty years ago, no one was really saying a whole lot about it. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what uh, what next for Wingfire? Where do where do you where do you where would you like to take what the company does? Maybe international. Kind of touched on that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a possibility. But we're what we're working on right now is is you know we we actually just recently did a launch of our own. Uh, to our list, um, kind of shifting from uh, from a done for you service to more of a done with you service, mm-hmm. and and we we have our first crop of of done with you clients that we're working on right now, mm-hmm. and and what we're looking to do with that is to kind of start people off more at that level, mm-hmm. done with you. I mean, it costs them less. Um, and we're able to provide value and also help. They can also learn while they're, while they're doing it, you know, and, and then and in that way, it's very valuable to them. And then once they've been doing that for a certain amount of time, take them up into more of the, the done with you, uh, uh, the done with you level. So that's, that's what we're working on right now. And also we're, we're pushing harder to get more launch clients because that's where we feel that, that we deliver the most value. Mm-hmm. And that's where, uh, that's where that's what we're really really good at, and that's that's where we can really differentiate ourselves. People, so if you were, um, you know, said there's you know several thousand people hypothetically listening to you know listening to us talk while they're driving or doing the dishes or something like that. Like, what are some of the trigger things that that make a really great fit customer for you? You know, if is it someone who's just struggling or they've tried launching and they flopped or they don't even know where to begin or what? Like, um, they, they should have a good idea of the problem they want to solve. Mm-hmm. And they, sh- and ideally, ideally they should have already done a beta launch. Not necessarily. Interesting. And that's not a necessity, but uh, they, ideally they should have already pitched to their email list. Mm-hmm. And gotten some people to buy it at like a lower price and got mm-hmm. some that feedback there. Um, but um, but then you know they've done that and they've got and they, so they have this good idea, they have a lot of clarity on what they want to provide. Mm-hmm. And they've gotten that that feedback helping them to really solidify that. And now they just they just want they're looking for that inflection point. Okay. And and that's what that's what a launch does. That's what a launch brings. Um, so yeah, there are people, people who have a good idea of you know, they, they have their offer put together. They've tested it. Um, they maybe haven't gotten a whole lot of sales, but they've gotten some. Mm-hmm. And now they want to get a lot. Okay. Okay. And you help them, since it's not done in three weeks, right? Yeah. You help them put all the planning, plumbing mechanisms yeah. in place before doing that yeah. instead of building that while, uh, you know, while the numbers are dropping. Yeah. So, like, like as, you know, as I said, you know, we, we have, before we even start, getting people registered for the webinar challenge that we use on our launches. You know, we, we have them in launch camp. I mean, sorry, in, in the, in the hype campaigns. Yeah. We're sending out hype messaging and, you know, we do that for weeks to get people engaged. 
anyway, because it, you know, it takes time to build that up. And we're and we're also engaging pe- people on on social media pra- platforms. Um, a lot of time we'll in that initial phase we'll for example we'll run uh, video ads for engagement. Mm-hmm. And then what we do with that is we can take that and create an audience mm-hmm. because create an audience from the people who watch the video. Right. And then we're able to follow up on that with our later messaging. That's actually right. trying to get them to take action okay. on. Okay. Cut. Registering Quite a for the event. The top. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, you're not, you're not going to get to stop learning <laughs> in the uh, niche that you've carved out for yourself. Yeah. I it's, I mean, it's, it's going to keep evolving. It's going to keep, yeah, it's, it's going to yeah. keep changing. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it has already, you know, done that, yeah. you know, to, and, but just since we've been doing it and it's going to keep happening. Yeah. Good, 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 at, good attitude. And uh, that'll stand you, stand you in good stead. I think were there, were that, I mean, you, you'd launched this 20, 2016, did you say? Yeah, we 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 started in in yeah run, running ads for people in in 2016. Yeah. Okay. Did uh, you know? Did the sort of abrupt six ten year kick in the toward the future of uh, of the pandemic uh, change? What did that change most for you? Let me put it that way. Well, see, it's it's interesting because with our business, when the pandemic hit, we were already moving toward massive action, mm-hmm. and so such that I don't really know like exactly how the pandemic affected our business because there were other factors that were affecting our business a lot. You were headed there already. Yeah. Um, Cause we, we had at that time, right when the pandemic was, was getting a full swing, that's when we were spending a lot of money on ads and getting a lot of clients, you know? Yeah. And so we, we really saw, you know, we, we actually saw a significant in, in the, in the, the darkest days yeah. and when everyone was locked down, like we saw a significant upsurge, in in clients, and I think that would have happened even without the pandemic. Okay, yeah, interesting, interesting. I, I I can't really say if it would have been more or less. I'm not really sure, but what I can say is that the pandemic didn't kill us for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last question. Not everybody can work well with their spouse. Sounds like you. You're, sounds like you're making it work. Any yeah, tips? yeah. Well, it's 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 very important to just do what your wife says. <laughs> happy wife, happy life. <laughs> <laughs> the, the yeah, well, the 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 long and the short of it is is that is that she is one of the foremost people out there when it comes to ad you know ad campaigns, you know running, um, actually running ad you know, ad strategies and ad campaigns and running ads, mm-hmm. and she she actually knows that a lot better than I do. Oh, nice. And wow. um, you know, we focus on different aspects of the business. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, I'm technically the CEO, but um, she as the CMO of a marketing company. Yeah. Um, basically acts like the CEO a lot of the time. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um, do you put some uh, guardrails in place so that you stop talking business um, when you're away from the, you know, away from the, the business? It's gotta be hard. Um, there's no, there are no hard barriers. I would say. Yeah. Um, there are times when either she or I will specifically say, "Okay, let's not talk business right yeah. now." Yeah. Like we, yeah. we definitely yeah. do that. Yeah. But we don't have any hard rules about like, yeah. okay, we only talk business between this hour and this hour. We don't really do that. Like yeah, we, we, we end up, we'll end up talking business like yeah. late at night, driving yeah. in the car. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it happens a lot. It's just, yeah. it's a very normal thing. Yeah. Yeah. It make, make, makes sense. I mean, I've, I don't, uh, I don't run a business with my spouse. She said, I, there's no way I could stand to be around you that much. <laughs> but having worked out of a home office for a long, long time, um, it, it, you get, you get some habits and rhythms of knowing when to park it or when it, you know, it's kind of, well, so what, how was your day? And fill me in on that. And that's actually a legitimate question kind of a thing. So, and, and, and everybody's going through that as we've, uh, as we've changed the definition of office and work quite substantially. Um, yeah. Helps to have a little physical space too. Like you, you mentioned that, you know, the door was shut when the kids wanted at least. Yeah. Having the door is a big deal, right? Yeah. <laughs> a really useful yeah. thing at times. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, it's a pleasure picking your brain and learning about what you're doing. I think it's wonderful. And uh sounds like it's uh sounds like it's on the way up and a long ways to yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're really excited. You know, we we know we can we can deliver a lot of value with with launches. I mean, we we have done it. You have done and, it and you know and, how to do uh, it. Now, and it, we know how to do it. And so, yeah. Is it wingfiremedia.com? Is that the URL? Yeah, wingfiremedia.com. Wingfiremedia.com. Well, cool. There you go. Well, we'll wrap on that one. My my guest today has been Ronald Kimmons, co-founder, CEO of wingfiremedia.com. Ronald, thanks so much for the time. Thanks for having me. It's you been bet. a pleasure. Hi, Dr. Matthew Dunn here. Thank you so much for listening to the future of email. If you're an email industry exec or marketer and you're interested in being a guest, please apply at campaigngenius.io slash future of email. If this interview was useful for you, please consider sharing it. Grab a screenshot and post it and text it and of course, email it to your friends. If you know someone who you think would be a good guest, tag them in your post and include the hashtag future of email. I really appreciate seeing guest suggestions. It helps us a ton to keep the show interesting. We do put out new episodes and new content fairly regularly. To keep up, I would suggest subscribing. Your sharing, your rating, your reviews are the key to promoting to the show, and they mean a ton to me and to the team here. If you want to know more, go to our website, campaigngenius.io slash future of email, or follow me on LinkedIn. Search for Dr. Matthew Dunn. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.